a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. It was in it by Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. It's another sound check episode. Yeah, people, you guys are really digging these. Thanks to Osborne and Seeley and Daniel Blair and AC for all uh, doing these for me. And uh, you people out there seem to be liking them. Good feedback on Twitter. So we're going to keep trying to find people to do these sound check pods with, and hopefully you are enjoying them and figuring out what makes people tick and what kind of music they like. Each year, Fly Racing develop, they test, they improve their products in a never-ending pursuit of perfect racewear. The first to integrate the BOA system, Fly Racewear offers unmatched comfort, performance, and durability that make it an industry leader in technical racewear. FlyRacing.com, official gear of the Blake Baggett, uh, Benny Bloss, Weston Pike, and many others. Also, two Alpine Star Protects. Uh, the Bionic Neck Tech Support Tech Carbon is engineered to help prevent neck injury and minimize the risk of collateral damage. A1 Roost Guard is an ultra-lightweight and comfortable strap vest. CE-certified product protects against impact and roost. And uh, many other products of Alpine Star Protects. I was just in Italy, toured Alpine Stars, and I got to say I was so, so impressed with all the things that they do for uh, testing and uh, making sure the product fits and works and uh, and and fit, looks okay underneath gear or over top of gear and everything else. So please check out Alpine Star Protects. All right, with me to do the sound check episode, a man who is perhaps maybe the most passionate guy about music in the pits. Uh, it's Ralph Shaheen, the official voice of Supercross on Fox Sports and FS1. What's up, Ralph? How are you? I'm doing great, man. I hope everybody is. Can't wait to get to Anaheim. Just count the days down. Now, when you and I see each other, we often talk about music and not moto. It's pretty funny. It's it's inevitable. Um, it's coming up. You know, it's definitely a topic of conversation that uh, I'm a big part of. I'm yeah. a big fan of, and I, you know, some of it actually you could say comes through in my broadcasting, mm-hmm. especially with Supercross, because Supercross is such a different animal than yep. so many other forms of motorsport that I do. Um, and I think when you start to see some of the choices I've made here, mm-hmm. you'll you'll understand why I just said what I did about yeah. how that comes through in my in my broadcast of Supercross. You love music though, always your whole life. You've been into it. Do you play any instruments or just wh- I, you know? And that's the funny thing is I I don't play anything. Uh, I play a lot of you know like everybody else, air guitar and drums <laughs> on the steering wheel. Right. But you know, yeah. I've I've always wanted to learn. Uh, there's a lot of musical talented people. In the family tree, mm-hmm. uh, my dad was uh, not a you know big time drummer in a band or anything, but played drums all the time. Um, but I've never had the opportunity 
and have always felt like it's something I would like to do, just to never have the time. Yeah. Um, and you, hey, on a, on a Friday night, uh, when people in the industry are, uh, you know, looking for somewhere to eat or, or, or maybe going to go go-karting or something, you're oftentimes looking for a concert, looking for a show. Constantly. Uh, I'm a big uh, guy on things like Polestar, uh, Blabbermouth, uh, Eddie Trunk's website, places like that where you can find out who's playing where, what tours are going on. Uh, Bands in Town is another one I hit a lot. Mm-hmm. See, I, I start looking now, really. Yeah, yeah. Now is when a lot of times that tours are being announced, yep. and I'll start to see where are people going and does it match up with our schedule. Uh, if there's not a good concert, then the fallback is a sporting event. Yeah. Baseball game, basketball yeah. game, something like that. You've met so many of these guys and probably some of the guys that we're going to play here on your sound check. Um, just, is it just your line of work where you, you interact with some of these guys and you get to know them a little bit? I mean, I remember for people who don't know, like I was talking to you last year, a year before, uh, my wife and I, Billy Idol had a residency here. So I yep. love Billy Idol. My wife and I go, the next time I see you, Ralph, I'm like, Ralph, I went to Billy Idol. The guy is still got it. He's 50-something years old. He's ripped. It was a tremendous show, blah, blah, blah. And you go, oh, yeah, I saw it. Not only that, I know Steve Stevens or this guy or that guy. <laughs> and you were hanging yeah. out with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Billy Morrison That's it. is Billy Morrison to Billy yeah. Idol. Right. And Billy Morrison is uh, one of the guitar players in Billy's band. And Billy Morrison is a huge uh, motorcycle racing fan, loves racing of all kinds, but certainly motorcycles. He's yeah. been an ambassador for Triumph for years, and he's come through me to Supercross numerous times and just loves it. He lives in Southern California, so he usually comes out to Anaheim. Yeah, uh, Loves everything we do. He was just at the Monster Energy Cup. Uh, came out to Vegas while we were there. They were finishing up a residency that week. Uh, and, and yeah, so yeah, you know that's, exactly, yeah. that's exactly how those relationships have worked out. Uh-huh. Because, you know, when these guys were younger, they were into wild partying and getting crazy and, mm-hmm. you know, girls and fast cars and fast motorcycles. Now a lot of them are older. The bands have turned into corporations. They're not partying real crazy. Most of them are married and have kids, but they still like fast cars and fast bikes. Yeah, yeah. So that relationship, I've met this guy or that guy at a racetrack here, there, or wherever, and he turns you on to another guy and says, oh, you need to know this guy because he picked this too. And same kind of thing, you know. And uh, I've been very fortunate in that two things I'm extremely passionate about, racing and music, I've been able to get to know some of the people who I consider certainly sports heroes or uh, music idols because of the crossover of these passions. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I didn't do what I do, I probably never would have. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's such a you were you were such a top you taught me so bad, uh, Ralph, in that story for the Billy Idol concert. You taught me so bad. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's never out of wanting to. No, no, anybody. I know. It's just it's I know, like, no. dude, I've got to share this information yeah. with you. You know. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm, ki- I'm joking. I, well, I, it's good. Fine. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you never took offense. No. To it, but I'll, I'll tell you this too. Uh, I'm not the only one in our Fox crew that is this way. Froze every bit as passionate about it as I am. As are a lot of our behind the scenes people that a lot of your listeners maybe have never mm-hmm. met or heard of. But I will give you guys this little insight. In every broadcast, based on which city we're in, uh-huh. our audio guy, Paul, who's with us every week, uh-huh. has been a music engineer audio-wise his entire life. So you think, I got to know a few people. He knows everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul will pick whatever city we're in or region we're in, 
and he will build a playlist of music based on where we're going. Oh, that's cool. And then he will back time it to 30 seconds to air. It might be 10 minutes. It could be an hour's worth of music. Mm-hmm. And he does this every week. And then we build up and he builds up the intensity as we get to the 30 seconds to air where Chris Bond yeah. has to then take over and say, guys, okay, here we go. Right. Here's what's coming and count down to live. And we hit it. <laughs> That's pretty so, cool. So like yeah. when we were in Detroit, you're going to get Detroit Rock City, yeah. the full song, and it's going to end at 30 seconds to air. Yeah. And it is, I mean, you should see us in the booth sometimes. We are just rocking before <laughs> we go to air. Um, impossible for you to narrow down, but a couple of concerts that are your favorite ever. A couple of concerts that you just, you, you'll never forget. Um, any one of the Rolling Stones shows that I've seen, that is quite possibly the greatest all-around rock performance you can ever witness because the grand the grand scale mm-hmm. of the show mm-hmm. the the amount of hits the amount of decades that that band goes over that they can pull music from the 60s to today yeah it's incredible from you know under my thumb to start me up to you know whatever the latest album is that, that comes out mm-hmm. um it's incredible what they do uh, and I would tell you, don't ever think they're too old. If you've never seen them, go see them. But while you have a chance, you will not be let down. Um, Pink Floyd on the Momentary Lapse of Reason tour. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, just phenomenal. Um, ACDC, every time I saw them. Kiss, anytime you see them, it, you have to see them live to understand what that band is really all about. Yeah, I've never never been into Kiss, but I've heard the same thing from numerous people. Go see them live. You just live. need to experience yeah. it right, to understand right. it. Uh, quite possibly the greatest musical concert I ever witnessed where you're just talking about the pure quality of the musicianship mm-hmm. was Elton John and Billy Joel face-to-face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Just yep. unbelievable. The Eagles, uh, Hell Freezes Over Tour. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I could, yeah, Van Halen on the 1984 tour, that sure. was, that was, you know, when Panama hit, that was a big one. Um, there's a trend there, isn't there? There's yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff being blown up on stage. Yeah, concerts, really, right? Um, yeah. What, what song didn't make your cut? Which one did you, what was number 11 on your list or 12 or whatever? I didn't, I didn't put anything on there from Motley Crue just because I ran out of room. Yep. Which was really hard. Yeah. Because I'm a big Crue fan. Sure. Um, and something like Kickstart My Heart. Yep. Should have been on there. Yep. But you just, you know, coming up with 10 is really tough. I didn't put anything from Pink Floyd on there. Yep. Uh, same thing, just because if I'm picking. You know, top 10, it's going to be, they're all going to be fast, hard driving type songs. Yep. That's if, if I get in the car, that's the first thing I'm spinning for. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's got a lot of bite to it. Mm-hmm. So something from Floyd is going to be a little bit more mellow. Yep, yep. Um, who else didn't get on that's there? That's funny. As I, Scorpions. Oh, Scorpions, Scorpions didn't get yeah, on there. Yeah. And that, that would have been another one that would have been in the top 15 easy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get Ozzie, started. I yeah. didn't pick an Aussie song either. 
And I don't, and I didn't put a Black Sabbath song. No, on no there. Sabbath either. So there's, no. Yeah. there's two more. <laughs> it's tough when you get down to it, man. I know, dude. It's brutal. I know. My... And what's even tougher is not taking two yeah. from some bands. Right. Going, which one do I take? One is guys? it. That is it. That's all we can do. That's why maybe Fro can't do this because he could not just list one Zeppelin song. He could That's not do problem. it. That's the problem. Right. That's the problem. Um, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get started. Ralph Shaheen, okay. uh, sound check. Here's your first up, and uh, we'll play a little bit of it and drown it out, and you tell us why why you like it and and everything else. All right. Here we go. Tell your story about a woman I know. I come loving, steal the show. She ain't exactly pretty, ain't exactly small. Four, two, third, nine, fifty-six. You can say she got it. ACDC, whole lot of Rosie. Um, is that Bond Scott or is that? That's Bond. Yeah, that's yeah, Bond, that's right. Bond so early. From the mid 70s. Yep. Um, if you know anything about me, that song tells you everything you need to know about me and my musical choice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that is that is so in my wheelhouse. Um, I could very easily have chosen something from the Brian Johnson era yep. and would not have uh, been wrong in that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Brian is actually a friend of mine. He's a fantastic guy, huge race fan. Yeah, big racer. And, and again, anything out of his era is every bit as good. I went with that one because, to me, if I had to pick one song to describe what ACDC is all about, that's it. It starts with, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but to see that song done in live, in person, and Angus just starts, you know, bouncing around the stage mm-hmm. in that schoolboy outfit, yep. hitting that riff. Um, you know, it, it just starts off just him, and then here comes the whole band behind, just a freight train through your skull. And that's all Malcolm. That yep. was Malcolm Young, who we just lost just, recently. Yeah, just passed away. Yeah, He was the one that came up with so many of those riffs and was the driving force behind so many of those songs that, ACDC, Angus gets all the publicity, yeah. and the singers did as well. I absolutely would have. So, I, yeah, I thought Angus so would have done that. So much of it yeah. is Malcolm. Oh, okay. So much yeah. of it is Malcolm. Yeah. yeah. So that song to me, uh, and Bond, you know, singing, no shirt on, just a pair of jeans, and singing a song that's gritty and and is kind of basically a true story because <laughs> Bond had some, you know, yeah. kind of unusual affairs I over heard, his period of life. I heard that. And yeah. that's kind of what that song is all about. 
Um, what about so Brian Johnson can't tour with them because of hearing loss? So they went out yeah. with Axel. Did you see that? And B, did you, what do you think of that move? I did not see it. We were all set to go see them with Brian when they were going to come through Greensboro here in North Carolina. And Brian had to bow out just before that. And no offense to Axel, but it ain't the same to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and ironically, there's no Guns and Roses in my list. And again, not because they're not worthy, but it just didn't make my cut of the top 10. I, I've heard a lot of stuff and had friends that worked on that tour and have said that, you know, Axel did a great job. And I get that, yep. but to me, it's it's not so much ACDC at that point as it is somebody performing yeah. ACDC songs. Yeah. How did Brian Johnson do the Bond stuff? How did it sound? He did. He did fine. And the thing about it is, you got to remember that Brian was in the band way oh, longer yeah. than Bond ever for was. For sure. For sure. So they have, they quickly got to a point where. They didn't have to do a ton of Bond songs anymore. Yep, yep. Uh, outside of Highway to Hell and Whole Lot of Rosie, you know, you could fill the rest of the show up with everything that was Brian and nobody noticed the difference. Um, yep. So, yeah, you know, Brian, Brian was an outstanding front man. And, you know, part of what hurt his hearing wasn't just the being on stage with Angus and the boys cranking behind him, but Brian is an outstanding race car driver outstanding and he spent a lot of time in his uh, vintage cars he's run professional stuff and uh-huh. he's also running vintage car racing and he ran a vintage lola can-am car okay and had a uh, the engine right behind his head and, oh okay uh, had a problem one time without the earplugs in and that didn't help any either oh no, no definitely not um yeah. I've, I've seen gnr twice the new gnr once with the old band or both times with the old band, um, you know, the comeback when he ha- was yeah. just Axel and everybody else, Chinese democracy. And if the for 10% of the show, Axel sounds as good as ever. The other 90, though, he can't hold it. It's no, it's nobody's fault. He's just older now, you know. But Yeah, um, dude, it ain't easy. You no, know, the voice is not the same. And, and to me, that takes away from the show, you know, because he, he was such incredible uh, voice. And Brian Johnson, same thing. Like, I... Yeah, I'd have trouble going to see ACDC with Axel. I'd just be like, oh, okay. So Yeah, you know, the first time I saw them was back in Black Tour. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they only had one album out with Brian on it. So at that point in time, they had to do yep. a lot more of the Bond era stuff. Um, and Brian did a, did a great job with it. And then as it progressed from there, and they had so many incredibly huge albums, yeah. you know, after that. They had quite a catalog to pick from that didn't force Brian to have to deal with too many of the, the Bon Scott era songs outside of the ones that are absolute classics like, you know, Highway to Hell, Girls right. Got a Rhythm, and, you know, Whole Lot of Rosie. Yep. Which, right. when they do Whole Lot of Rosie, yep. the big inflatable Rosie comes out. It's <laughs> awesome. All right, next up, Ralph Shaheen Soundcheck. Here we go. An oldie but a goodie. Thank <laughs> you. 
nobody's father Zeppelin, nobody's fault but mine. Uh, I, I mean, that's um, that's an original pick, I think, Ralph, for one Zeppelin song. Well, you got to have a Zeppelin song. Yep. Uh, no way around that. Um, any classic hard rock metal fan like myself is going to have Zeppelin in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That song takes a little bit to get going. Uh, I was very, very tempted to go with Whole Lot of Love because, yep. man, there's no more classic, you know, the almighty Zepp than that. Mm-hmm. Um but I thought, yeah, it's almost too easy. <laughs> and that's a song that, you know, really what you need to do with that song is put headphones on and yeah. just crank that because it just, man, it takes you everywhere, right? Yeah. This one, what I really like about this song is you. I think you get truly what all four members are all about. You can really hear all four members at their best doing what they do. The only thing you don't get with this song is Robert singing about some faraway land and knights and armor and, you know, that kind of wizards, thing. Wizards, wizards and dragons. Yeah, which was very Zeppelin, right? But you do get everything else. You get Jimmy doing some really cool sounds and all that, and you can just see him, you know, in those dragon pants he used to wear, cigarette hanging out of his mouth on the stage of Madison Square Garden, doing yeah. his thing. And then you get Bonzo just coming in with the drums. And, man, nobody was more fierce on a drum kit yeah. And John Bonham. And, of course, you know, our good buddy, I, I know he's a good friend of yours, too, Jason Bonham, such a huge Supercross fan. Sadly, none of us are going to get to see his dad play drums. But you can go watch Jason do the Led Zeppelin experience. Yep. And it's as good as you're going to get, man. He plays the same way. He's kind of got that roll to the shoulder, you know. He yep. comes over the top and just – Beats the ever-living daylight out of those things. Wow. Yeah, better than the Zeppelin experience, Ralph. I just saw Hagar, The Circle, maybe oh, uh, two yeah. months ago. And they do they do two Zeppelin songs. I think one of them is A Whole Lot of Love. And, um, to, hey, of course, you know me and Hagar. I mean, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Love. But, honestly, they were – it wasn't – it was better than the Zeppelin songs were so good to me. They were better than any of the solo Sammy stuff. I still like the Halen stuff they did, but man, were was Sammy ever good at doing Zeppelin? And, and of course, Jason, Jason, you know. Yeah, so. and what what Jason does really well with his show, and he does a lot of club dates with it, mm-hmm. is he tells you stories. Oh yeah, uh, in between songs about you know what his dad and the band, you know, his godfather was his father Plant. Yeah. So I mean, he he knows everything, and he you know, takes the fans behind the scene and kind of tells them how things came about and everything. It's really an yeah. interesting show. How bad does Jimmy Page want to get do one more reunion tour and Robert Plant just keeps telling her to beat it? How bad does the entire world want that? <laughs> Everybody on the planet wants it, but Robert Plant. I and know. It's just, oh. It's not so going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen, no. I don't think. No, um, I know. I'm sort of getting into Zeppelin, I have to admit. I didn't know much about them. I'm sort of getting slowly into them as I get older. And I'll tell you what's really impressive, and you talk about putting headphones on for that song. Almost all the Zeppelin stuff is is sonically so good. I don't know if yeah. it's the recording, the mixing, the way those guys played. 
it is sounds so good, I think, uh, compared to some of the modern stuff, you know? And it was so different than anything else out there. You know, the amount of power that they brought, every single one of those guys, whether it was vocally by Plant or on the bass by John Paul Jones, every single one of those guys just was an absolute craftsman at their individual tool and uh, just brought so much power with it. It's, it's, uh, It's amazing, truly amazing. All right, next up for your sound check. Here we go. That's Aerosmith. Train kept a rolling. Yep, yep. Uh, had to put some Aerosmith on there. Great. Maybe quite possibly the greatest of all American hard rock bands. Not metal bands, not rock bands, but hard rock bands. Uh, quite possibly you could make the argument they are the biggest, uh, most successful of all American hard rock bands, uh, the Toxic Twins, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry. That's a 70s era version of an old classic blues song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when Steven sang a little bit deeper, a little gruffer, um, and, you know, could really just let it rip on the stage. He's, he's a lot different now because obviously he's older. Yeah. You know, he doesn't do the cartwheels and somersaults and flips on the stage like he used to back then but he's still an unbelievable front man and just to hear joe perry and brad whitford the way they as they get deeper into that song and that song kind of slows down then it picks up steam again just like the freight train they're singing about yeah um and those two get going you know whitford is a very underrated guitar player classically trained um Probably the better musician between the two because mm-hmm. uh, of the, the teaching that he actually had. Yep. But, of course, Perry is the, the guy with the look right? and, you know, all that and, and is more of the leads uh, and solos and stuff. But together, they make an unbelievable uh, pairing. And that band is not as good without either one of them in it. Yeah. And, again, here's a band with great passion for motorsports. Uh, Brad, Joey Kramer, the drummer, mm-hmm. and Tom Hamilton, the bass player, all three of whom 
are really big race fans. And uh, Brad and I have become very good friends over the years. And uh, he's a huge, huge, huge race fan. Oh, cool. Awesome. I feel like, are they broken up? I feel like we haven't had... No. I, I, no, I haven't they're had out. new music uh, for a while. Okay. Well, they haven't put out anything new. They're kicking that around. Yep. Um, what they started up with this uh, Aero Verdici tour. Okay. Uh, supposedly kind of like a farewell tour. But I think what it's what it's really kind of becoming is a... Uh, uh, it could be a multi-year kind of farewell, and I think it's more of a farewell from full-on touring. Right, right. And um, they've been going around to faraway places, kind of hitting those first and kind of finishing those off, and they're due to come back and play the States probably in 18. Because so, I, uh, I know we um, might see some new music next year, but probably just more touring than anything It else. seemed like Steven Tyler and Jill Perry were fighting on and off for a while there, so I didn't there know. Was, yeah. There was, and Steven went did American Idol right, and right. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah that, that, look, that's one of those bands like we were talking about at the beginning of the deal here, that they realize they're a corporation. Yeah. They are. That's, that's, a, that's a corporation, and everybody, you know, they kind of worked through it all, realizing, hey, we got to figure out how to this thing's a billion-dollar corporation. We need to keep it chugging. Yeah, absolutely, right? All right, next up for your uh, sound check. Here we go. Lemmy, that's Motorhead Bomber. Yeah, and I think just saying Lemmy is really all you got to say, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Lemmy, uh, you can just hear him slapping away on that bass and that thing. and He played it unlike you know anybody else, really, in rock music. And uh, I was fortunate enough to see Motorhead a couple of times, and yes, they really were as loud as everybody tells you they were. <laughs> uh, and, uh, man, just so powerful and so raw and just the kind of like the ultimate garage band you know because there was there was nothing smooth about it no. you know it was just it's just motorhead it was just as advertised you know <laughs> we just play rock and roll we're, yeah whatever what did let me say we're motorhead and we play rock and roll that's what he'd say when he come out on stage and that was it man and you just stood back and you know it's kind of like that remember the old maxell uh, cassette tape. Yeah, yeah, blow you away. With the guy sitting right. in the chair, the hair blowing back. Yep. I mean, that's what it was. You just stood back there and just went, wow. Sonically, you were just, you know, 
blasted, and it was fantastic yeah. if you're into that kind of stuff like I am. Um, well, I talked about the Zeppelin being so sonically perfect, but every Motorhead song I've ever heard sounds like it was recorded with just an open microphone in the garage, in the in the audience, right? Like- yeah, and, and, and so many of them sound the same, right? But, you know, right. and a lot of people will complain about stuff like that, but to me, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you go, look, yeah. Lemmy understood what Motorhead fans wanted. Yeah. And he delivered it. Yeah. Every year he cranked out. I don't think anybody's put out as many albums as those guys outside of somebody like the Stones have been around for so many decades. Yeah. They were just machines cranking out albums and touring and playing clubs. And I mean, it's a really raw rock and roll story. I don't know if you've ever read like Lemmy's autobiography or anything like that, but saw- man, they, they played so long for so little and, you know, were <laughs> just a cult thing by so many. But, man, they, they were powerful and had a huge following. I saw that documentary, I Am Lemmy. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, and, then, you know, what an interesting guy, right? I mean, yeah. he just all about whatever he was into, and if you weren't into it, no big deal, didn't bother him. Yeah, yeah, really, right? He did not care. Um, all right, let's get into the next one here. Interesting. Not my choice. This band is great, but I wouldn't have picked this one, but that's that's why it's your sound check. Ralph, here we go. Priest Rapid Fire, a real underrated band, in my opinion. I like a lot of stuff from, from Priest. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So what song would you have picked? Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, probably, um, uh, what's, uh, Grinder? Yeah, um, or, uh, uh, Screaming for Vengeance. Probably Screaming for Vengeance. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, lo- another lo- great title track. Yep. Okay, so, to me, the British Steel album, which is the one that, that both I just mentioned, Grinder and yep. and the one you just played, came off of that. And to me, you could pick literally anything 
out the entire front side of uh, British Steel, and you, and you certainly wouldn't have yeah. gone wrong. Screaming for Vengeance is another great one. Um, Halford, to me, Rob Halford, the singer, is one of the great vocalists in rock music. That guy can hit notes that are just unbelievable. And if you've ever seen them live, I have. That's why yeah, I picked yeah. this song because to me, I can just see him stalking the stage the way he does, uh-huh. and all that leather and you know <laughs> the studs and the spikes and doing his whole thing. And it it just it just visually took me right to one of the numerous times I've seen Priest. Yeah. And that album. You had K.K. Dowling and Glenn Tipton on guitar, and the two of them are just, you know, wailing away. So you can see all that. It's got the pure speed and force of Priest and and all of it. So that song just, it all comes through to me on that. And British Steel, is there an album cover better than the British Steel album cover (laughs) with the hand holding the razor blade? Yeah. No. That is the all-time best heavy metal album cover. That is just, oh, it's so good. And, and a true story on that one, Mathis, when that when that came out, that was my first introduction to Priest. And then I went, you know, back after and found Help Them for Leather and, mm-hmm. you know, all Sad Wings of Destiny and all that stuff. But I, I when they went on tour for that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go see Priest. Got to go see him. They're coming yeah. to the Cow Palace in San Francisco. I grew uh-huh. up in Sacramento. Yeah. So get a couple buddies. We're going to go see Priest. I get sick. I get, like, pneumonia. <laughs> I am flat out. Right? And I'm thinking there's no way I'm missing Priest. And my mom's like, you're too sick to go. And I'm like, look, if the doctor says I can go, I can go. She goes, yeah, you're good. I said, okay. So I, I did everything I could, just laying flat on my back for a week, not even moving a muscle, thinking I'm going to priest, I'm going to priest, I'm going to priest. I, I get the doctor's approval like Friday afternoon. My buddies laid me down in the backseat of the car, and we drove down to San Francisco to the Cow Palace, saw a priest, and ironically, I was fine when the show was over. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. I know, like, Iron Maiden, I think, has probably sold more records. They probably have bigger publicity. They're probably the band that more people like. They're similar to Judas Priest, but I'll take Priest every time uh, for a number of songs, you know? Um, yeah, there, there's just, definitely a line. Uh, I'm like, I like both bands quite a bit, seen both bands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't have a problem with Maiden. Thought about putting Maiden on there, like Number of the Beast or right. uh, one of those songs. Uh, Two Minutes of Midnight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's numerous songs you could you could go with, right? But Priest would, is always my number one pick. Of course, it's Sabbath that spawned off all mm-hmm. these British yeah. metal bands, right? Yep. Um, but Priest was my favorite. And uh, good news, Steve, is that Priest has a new album out. Uh, what's it called? Firepower. Uh-huh. And they're going on tour. Uh-huh. So I'm already checking the Supercross schedule with the pre-schedule. And if one shows up, buddy, you're in. Yeah, I'm in. I, I went saw them uh, 15 years ago, you know, past the prime, 10 years ago. But I was stoked, Ralph. Uh, um, uh, he drove out on a Harley to start the show. I'm like, yes. Yes, there we go. You know? So... All right, uh, that's Ralph Shaheen. Uh, this is the Fly Racing Racer X sound check for Ralph Shaheen. Appreciate you guys listening. Listen to this commercial from uh, uh, Michelin Starcross 5 and Race Tech Suspension. Use the code PulpMX17 to save with Race Tech. We've got uh, about half of the songs to go on this sound check. Uh, so listen to these commercials, and we will be right back. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. 
All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Alright, we're back. Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Alpine Stars. Alpine Star Protects line. This is uh, Ralph Shaheen Soundcheck. Uh, this next song, Ralph, for you, I could not get on um on itunes for some reason so i had to dig it up on youtube uh here we go oh yeah
Now that is going back into the vault. Def Leppard wasted. Ralph, what? Dude, off off the first album. Yeah. On Through the Night. That was the first Def Leppard song I ever heard. Uh, When you hear it on the record, it is just fantastic. I want to say it's like the, I don't know, third or fourth track on the Uh the album, something like that. And, uh, God, it, it was just so strong when it when it hit and to think how young those guys were when yeah. you go back and you look at the pictures of them then yeah. uh, and so raw they had no polish you know Mutt Lang hadn't gotten a hold of them yet they uh-huh. weren't turned into uh, what they are now which is a very polished commercial hard rock band they're still very good yep. and they put on a tremendous show and I don't miss them whenever I get a chance to see them um, but that song is so different than oh. what you get out of Def Leppard now. Um, it's not a it's not a fun subject uh, that they're singing about. There's nothing bright and cheery about that song, and it's just got a riff that just you know grabs you around the throat and says, "We're Def Leppard, and you're going to like this." Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a Leopard fan. I've seen him a couple times. I, I'd never heard of that song, and never. Yeah, I never really got into that. That early so stuff, run out and know? get on through the night yeah. because uh, the the album, the version on the album, is uh, even better, and uh, I, I think you'll really dig it. It's one of the hardest Def Leppard songs you can find. Yeah, you can't even compare that to anything on Hysteria. Like you just no, can't. no, Nothing. no, no. And, yeah. and look, there's there's other really good Def Leppard songs out there that are uh, pretty hard uh, and a lot of fun, um, but. That one just, I go back to it all the time. And uh, that band changed a lot of personnel and, and stuff over the years. But um, that song, to me, um, is a great one. It's classic yeah. Leopard. Yeah, and they absolutely. never play it. They mm-hmm. never played it Yeah, I went after s- the first tour because yeah. the guy, one of the lead guitarists, left the band right after that. Oh, okay. And I think they, they after that tour, and they kind of, I think, wanted to, kind of separate that era a little bit, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, they got Hysteria and all those other albums out, yeah. and, you know, he's kind of shied away from it. Yeah, I went to see, they had a residency here in Vegas. Uh, they did Hysteria front to back with a bunch of other B-sides and rarities. And I liked seeing them. It was good to see them. However, it was almost too canned music a little bit. I felt like they were getting a lot of help from, you know, backing tracks and backing vocalists and everything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, you know, look, they've had an incredibly long career. That song, I believe that album came out, I'm going to guess I was a junior in high school, so it was late 70s, early 80s kind of thing. Um, early 80s. And, um, man, that's a heck of a long run, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm sure they probably need some help on a different handful of errors. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, next up for you, here we go.
is kiss firehouse okay so i hate that version of that song okay okay and here's why okay it's not the live version yep kiss should never be seen <laughs> in any format or heard in any format outside of live that is a band that only should exist live on stage <laughs> they are so unbelievable in a stage performance environment they are some of the best showmen you will ever see but just in a record was not their thing, man. Their career almost died before Kiss Alive came out. If Kiss Alive, the first one, had not come out, which uh-huh. the original live version of Firehouse appears on, they would never have made it. But when that album came out, it captured completely what Kiss is all about, live and in concert, and they are phenomenal. And I don't care what you say about the makeup and it's like a cartoon. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) And that's the beauty of it. Let yourself go. Just sit back and take it all in like a giant summertime action movie because that's what it is. (laughs) And if that's the mindset that you go into it with, it is the best time you'll ever have at a concert. They blow up more pyro and have lights (laughs) going and lasers and smoke and just a good time, and you come out of that thing just sweating like a pig, and it is fantastic. <laughs> and Firehouse is one of the highlights of the night with the, the yeah. sirens going off, and oh, God, Mathis, it's a good time, dude. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, passionate kiss, uh, defense right there, put up by Ralph Shaheen. Um, but you know, that, I like I, it. listen, that was, so, okay, so now we're going to go back here, right? So when I when I was my son's age, you know, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have videos. There was uh-huh. no MTV. So all you had was that album cover to stare at. And here comes Kiss Alive, this double album thing that you could open up. And there's these four guys in all this crazy makeup and smoke on stage and these still photos. And you're just staring at it as you're listening to the music and you're hearing it and you're trying to envision how these guys move around the stage. You know, and, and your mind just went, oh, my God, who are these guys? <laughs> you know, and, and you could kind of envision in your own head what you thought it was. And then the first time I saw them live in the full getup, you know, like, there it is. And I, I, I kind of started giggling to myself, like, oh, my God, yeah, yeah. there they are. They're doing it. Look, at that's, that's what Gene does. Oh, that's how he breathes the fire. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Sure. So yeah. it was... Uh, yeah, man, maybe it's because of the era I grew up in, right. but d- there was nothing else out there like those guys, that's for sure. Uh, all right, your next one is actually two songs, but they, yep, I let I it go. It. I let it go um, because it, they kind of go together. They really do go together. Um, plus, it's, it's, you know, it's this band, so, yeah. so of course I'll let it go. Yeah. But uh, here's your next up. Okay.
Eruption, and you really got me the opening two tracks on Van Halen's debut album. Yep, and the reason why I was able to uh, take them back to back is because when that record came out, that's the way so many of the radio stations yeah. played it. Yep. So until you actually got the record, you didn't realize it was two different songs. And then, you know, I remember seeing the album cover and remember it had the four pictures, you yep. know, each guy in the corner kind of thing. Yep. And you're listening to Eruption and you're going, well, wait a minute, I only saw one guy in the cover holding a guitar. Where are the other 10 guys? Because <laughs> how the no, who had you ever heard make the kind of sound at that point in time like Eddie Van Halen did on Eruption? Nobody was playing like that. Yeah. He took it to a whole nother realm, you know, and, and everybody was trying to figure out what he was doing. How did he make those sounds that way? Yeah. And then you get Diamond Dave and, you know, the yeah. Michael Anthony on the bass and Edward on the drums. And it was, it was an amazing band. And uh, when that album came out, boy, it shook the world. There's no doubt about it. Could You could seriously argue that that is the one of the greatest debut records yeah. of all time, right up there with Boston's first one and, you know, things like that. And to me, I know you love Sammy. I, I do too. And could, you know, certainly have picked a Sammy era, you know, Van Halen song and yep. you'd be okay. But I don't know the, the original version. It was such a fun party mm-hmm. band um, that I, the, the concerts were epic. The parties in the parking lot at the concerts were epic. <laughs> right. You know, everything about right. the early Van Halen was yeah. epic and, uh, but, you know, quite possibly one of the greatest moments, you asked me about favorite concerts. Yep. Um, one of the greatest moments of a concert I remember is seeing those guys perform Panama in concert. And yeah. Eddie, remember I used to fly across the front of the stage. They had him on that rope deal. And, uh, oh, did he do that yeah. in concert? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I know he did in yeah. the video. He did in the video. but yeah, yeah, he did it in the concert, and it was great. And you'd have Dave doing the karate moves, you know, with the swords and all that. Just good stuff. Um, Good stuff. I'm easily entertained, if you've noticed. <laughs> Panama and Unchained are my two favorite DLR songs. Um, yep. Uh, my era, DLR era. Uh, I've asked you this on the Pulp Show many, many times, but I'll take Hagar any day. But it's not my sound check. But, um, um, well, I, and yeah. listen, I'm... I. You know what's funny, though? I wouldn't say you were wrong. You know, and I, yeah. I, I thought about Panama yep. and Unchained as my one of my choices, uh, but just went with this because... Is this is this, the eruption is where yeah. Eddie really, you know, uh-huh. exploded to the world, yeah. and uh, that that just did it for me. For me, like solo Sammy is not as good as Eddie and and Sammy, and solo DLR is not as good as Eddie and Sammy, and Halen with DLR is not as good. Like for me, it's not a Sammy thing, and it's not an Eddie thing to me. They got to be together, and those four yep. the four discs they made together. Dwarf, everything else for me that those guys all put out, solo or together or whatever. I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, There was more synthesizers and and stuff like that in the Sammy era because Eddie had kind of gone that way, and I'm just not as into that. Sure. Uh, The lyrics changed. The the meaning of the songs changed. Sammy always, not always, but a lot of the time, would have a little bit more meaning. To yep. There's no meaning to anything Dave no. did except, hey, let's have another <laughs> shot of whiskey together. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, the the other thing I would tell you to that whole thing with Sammy, if somebody said you could take one Sammy Hagar song, uh-huh. 
I might go for Bad Motor Scooter, Space Station number five, something sure. off that, a Montrose yeah, yeah. album. Yep. To me, that was just yeah. really phenomenal stuff. Uh, Dave Osterman has got some stories of seeing, seeing Halen as a house band when they were named Mammoth in, in, in playing house parties. Osterman goes wow. back to Yeah, he's got some cool stories because he's Pasadena okay, guy. Okay, ask him yeah. about that next time I see him. Yeah, he's a Pasadena guy, right? And that's where they're all from. Right, so. right, 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 right. Um, all right, next up, Ralph Shaheen Soundcheck. Yeah, if I could stick my hand in my heart Spill it all over the stage Would it satisfy you? Would it satisfy you? Would you think the boy is strange? Ain't it strange? Ain't it strange? It's only rock and roll, but I like it from the Stones. So the Stones, if we talked about Aerosmith as being quite possibly the greatest American rock band, you could seriously make the argument that there's no greater rock band, period, than the Rolling Stones. I mean, they they are just so fantastic, so all over the board in how their music has gone since you know, the early 60s to today, Mm -hmm. uh, that song comes from one of my favorite eras of the Stones in the late, mid to late 70s, when Keith and Mick are full on into the Glimmer Twins (laughs) and that whole era, you know, and Mm -hmm. Keith hasn't moved into the pirate stage that he is now, but man, (laughs) he's out there and Keith, you know, Mick is prancing around on the stage and just, it's such a, such a raw Stone song, you know, um, I just love it, and yeah. I, I like that era. I'll tell you the song that I was really tempted to go with is Some Girls. Oh, I, I love that I don't think album. I know that one. Yeah, I don't think I know that one. I love that yeah. album, and the title track is not one that was played on radio because right. it's yeah, it's out there a little bit, but uh-huh. um, it's it's very raw, too, and I uh, really like it. And, um, yeah, the Stones, strongly encourage anybody who's listening, if they've never seen them, if you get a chance, don't miss it because they are uh, – you won't forget it. Um, yeah, and it seems like they go on tour quite a bit. So <laughs> They do. Yeah, well, you know, that's yeah. a great thing. Look, there's there's some artists right there who they don't need the money. They don't have to do it. They just do it because they love the music and they love performing the music. Yep. And they bring it every night, uh, even at this stage of their lives where these guys are in their 70s. Yeah. But, dude, they... they Man, they they have so much energy on stage, you know. God, here's hoping we're all that way at that stage of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's listen quickly to a little bit of some girls here. Let's see what else you.
There's a bit of some girls. Ralph. Oh, you can see yeah. you can see Mick, you know, standing at the front of the stage, pouting, you know, as he sings this stuff, and he's he's singing about everything he's experienced in his life. Yeah. As he talks about all the women he's basically met, and then you see <laughs> Keith at the back of the stage again, just like Jimmy Page, you know, yeah. cigar, cigarette, kind of hanging out of his mouth, and he's got the, the short boots on, and he's just going to town, you know, kind of in his yeah. own little world. Uh, that's what the Stones are all about. My favorite Stone song would be, it's a weird one, but uh, Sympathy for the Devil. I love that song. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. so that song in concert uh-huh. is the all-time fave. Oh, really? That's the all-time fave. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. For me, that's the all-time favorite song because it's such an eerie song. It's such a, um, almost like a forbidden song in yeah. some ways, you know, because yeah. there's, there's so much negative energy around that song. Everything that happened at Altamont and that whole scene when it went down there um, and what it's all about and watching, not knowing what Mick's going to wear on each individual tour when he comes out to perform that song. Yeah. And after Altamont, they didn't play it for so long. Oh, okay. Now they are. It's a a really ominous tune. Mm -hmm. And in concert, it's a very, very high point of the show because it yeah, there's just yeah. such a, an it's, energy to that song. It is a smartly written, uh, music, yeah. musically and lyrically song. Like, it's so clever. Yep. It really is. Very. You know? Um, Very. I didn't know they didn't do it, though, after Altamont or whatever. I didn't know. Well, that you they, know the yeah. whole story about the song yeah. with Altamont, right? And they're playing that song when the guy gets killed in front of the stage. In front of row, yeah. Yeah, right. The so Hell's Angels, freaked right? freaked Jagger yeah. out. Oh, okay. It freaked him out, and he's like, I'm never playing that song again. Oh, okay. So they went quite a while without performing it, and then... I guess they just, you know, whatever, yeah. it kind of eased his mind, and he said, let's do it. And so they started doing it again. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's my favorite. Have you seen the um, – it's in Vegas, uh, the the tour of uh, exhibitionism? No. No. Oh. What is it? Okay. So there's a Stones tour going on around the world right now called exhibitionism. Okay. That's uh, kind of an archive deal. It's like they went into the Stones warehouse and pulled out all this stuff. Uh, of the Stones over the years, put a tour together, and it's over at Palazzo right now in Vegas. And one of the things that's so cool is they've got about 10 different costumes that Jagger wore over the years performing Sympathy for the Devil, including the outfit that he was wearing on the stage at Altamont. Oh, wow. It is, I went and saw it when we were there for the Energy Cup. Yeah. Uh, it's a It's a great great deal get your wife go have dinner yeah. go see the show yeah absolutely check it out all right the last uh, song on your sound chat okay. list it's a good one too i'm glad you picked this one uh, I, i'd <laughs> forgotten about this one over the years
Blade to the Grind by Skid Row. I I used to love this song, and then I'd forgotten about it. So thanks for introducing me to me again. <laughs> so you didn't think I'd come with that one, did you? No, no, not at all. It's out there for you a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the Skid Boys are our dear friends. Uh, bass player Rachel Bowen was in my wedding. Oh, wow. Those guys are some just fantastic friends. You won't meet a better group of dudes than those guys. Huge race fans. They've been to numerous Supercrosses over the years. They love our sport. Uh, and that song is everything that they are all about. With mm -hmm. Scotty and Snake on the double guitar just, you know, blasting away. Uh, I know Sebastian's not in the band anymore, but, you know, props to him. He can sing the heck out of that tune. There's no he doubt can. about it. Yeah, he's got a but, voice. Um, yeah. 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 That's just, if, if you don't know Skid Row, that and all you'd ever heard was, you know, 18 in Life and I'll Remember You. Yeah. The great songs, but to those of us that really love the band, Slave to the Grind is what those guys are all about. So the new singer, how is he? Can he can he do okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've kept the core of the band together. Uh, yeah, they've gone through a couple of different singers, but the new guy's fine. He, he's okay. Uh, he, he really embraces it, and he's making those tunes his own. Yep. And they're still producing new music. Talked to Rachel just the other day, and... They're getting ready to go back in the studio and uh, oh, wow. record some stuff with this guy. And uh, they're still out on the road all over the place. And uh, we, whenever we're all in the same town, they always come to the races. There's no doubt about it. So hopefully we'll get a chance to get them out to Supercross again. This is something we touched on with some of the other uh, sound checks with AC and, and Osborne anyways. And it goes to these bands, uh, Sebastian Bach and these guys in Skid Row that you know, and Billy Corgan and Pumpkins and uh, the Ataris. That would well, somebody pick the Ataris, and we talked about them. These guys, it's the, they all fall for the same trap over and over. Um, like you've got this good thing going, you're all making money, you have number one records, and you just can't help but screw it all up. These bands do it over and over. You know, like I don't understand it. Um, just, just well, how do you break up? You know what I mean? How do you do that? You hit the lottery with the number one record. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've been fortunate, as we've talked yeah. about, to get to know some of these guys. And, and you look at some groups like um, U2, Skid Row, oh, oh, and, yeah, yeah. and how they've, you know, separated and never gotten back together with Sebastian and all that. And uh, I can tell you it's probably never going to happen. <laughs> um, and then, then you look at something like Aerosmith and you go, how have those guys are the Stones? How have those guys survived, in the case of the Stones, over 50 years together <laughs> performing? Yeah. And, I, you know, when you think about all the race teams we know, and they can't survive a year together, <laughs> right? Because, you know, the, the mechanic is fighting with the rider. The yep. rider doesn't like the owner. And, yeah, yeah. you know, this, that, and the other thing. Yet these guys are trapped in a bus, especially when they're younger, right? Trapped in a bus, crisscrossing the globe. You know, days on days upon days, just grinding it out. And then on the only time you're really able to escape each other is when you're forced to stand together on the stage. But at least you can get lost in the music for two hours. Yeah. Um, how some of these guys did it, I'll never know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think some of them know, to be honest. Yeah. But when you talk to some of them, they'll say that's the whole reason why they'll never get back together because we don't match up that way and at this stage of their careers and their lives yeah. they don't want to put themselves into a position of misery just for money because they can continue to do what they're doing with who they're with and get along yeah and have a good time yeah yeah 
Or I look at a band like U2. They've been together since high school or whatever, right? Perfect example. Yeah. How did they do that? Right, sure, right. you know, sure the money's fantastic, but you know what? You reach a point where you got enough of that, and you're going, "Do I really want to, <laughs> you know, do this with these guys?" But <laughs> right. somehow they're able to, to pull that off. So bands like U2 and the Stones. That's why you got to go see them when you get a chance yeah. because it's very rare and it won't last forever. Well, thanks for doing this, man. There's, there's, you're passionate about racing, as we've done a few podcasts in the past, and you're passionate about music. And, and honestly, you were one of the first guys I thought of when I, I thought about doing this. I'm like, Ralph would do it, and he would love it, and he loves music. And uh, I think we could tell from your voice, from your selections. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's awesome. It's cool to have a be passionate about something like that. And, and that's, well, that's look, really good. Well, know, look, I know not all of that is going to fit in with the taste of everybody, but that's the point. It's not supposed to. Nope. It's just like picking your favorite rider in the Supercross starting gate. They're all fantastic. That's why they're the best in the world, and they've made it into that, that main event on that particular Saturday night. And if you're cheering for this guy and I'm cheering for that guy, great. That's yeah. what it's all about, you know. And, and just the fact that you can go out there and listen to all that different stuff uh, and appreciate the fact that the people have passions for who they like whether it's what I like or what AC likes, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I have a passion yeah, for it. Absolutely. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects, Ralph Shaheen Soundcheck. Thanks, Ralph, and we will see you at uh, A1, man. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. Happy holidays, everybody. Hope you guys get some great music under the tree, and I'll see you guys in Anaheim. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. 
Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Right,